Well, Jeff, I still have, um, I don't have all my notes, but um, I tell you, I have a lot of stuff just packed away upstairs here in my cranium, too. So I think, I think we're going to be good. good. I think I think we'll be gonna be fine. I'll let you do the intro this time. Oh, I'm all right. I'm a little nervous now. The Fields Brothers Show. Well, this is Roger Fields, and I'm here with the with my brother Jeff, and we are the Fields Brothers, and um, not the Marx Brothers, the Debbie Brothers, or the Wright Brothers. But been a while since you we are biologic. Yes, we're bi- <laughs> You interrupted my intro. You give me the intro to do, That's and then you, you interrupt the intro. Okay. And so anyway, we're we're both recovering pastors with no history of scandal. And we like talking about just things in our life. Um, thing we like talking about grace of God, and I like talking about things that we're still piecing together as we did in the last podcast. Yeah. Things we're still thinking through, and we do. You know, one of the things that I I think we bring to this Jeff this podcast maybe is that we don't have a we don't have an agenda of we've got to toe a certain line. I mean, I do think we can kind of come into a lot of things relatively objectively just what do we think scripture says how does this play out uh, we're not trying to appease really even listeners or a particular denomination or you know we both have a faith in jesus and what he's accomplished and we really exercise a lot of freedom beyond that and You're, we may be wrong in some stuff it's not like we're right about everything you know but we do kind of let people sit in on some honest discussions yeah. that we have so you're not concerned about keeping our mailing list growing and growing and growing and and keeping the income stream that we've developed here keeping that growing we and growing have a and growing. mailing list and an income stream <laughs> what would it be i knew you were eyes and stuff for me but uh no we don't we have no emailing list hey, uh, one, of the, one of the things that we were um i forgot where i even heard this talking about the gospel of john and uh, how John, it is kind of funny, even though you've heard this forever, it, when you step back and think about it, that John refers to himself as the a disciple, disciple that Jesus loved. Yeah. And it's like, that's our equivalent of saying, I'm the favorite. Well, and you kind of wonder, now I think by the time he wrote that, a lot of the, the other disciples had already been passed on. I guess on it's kind of martyred. safe to say then. Huh? Yeah, I guess you could w- say Would he have written those yeah, if they were if still Peter around? Was reading, I was like, what is he? <laughs> but I just want you to know. He'd be getting a text I'm from one, Peter you know, right off the bat. Huh? So that made me want to talk to with John about in heaven. Like, John, did you, you know. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> thinking maybe, there, but I mean, you know, that's scripture, so I guess, you know. But um, let's see, what else? <laughs> you know, one of the phrases that comes up a lot, too, Oh, no, no, let me talk about this. Did you know that they now believe that your heart, your physical heart that pumps blood has its own mind? I've, yeah, I've. Have you been hearing this? Well, sometime within the last year or so, I've read something along it those has lines. I forgot what I read. It neurological yeah. function that it can function without the brain. Mm-hmm. And there are times when your heart understands something before your brain does. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fascinating. That when the Bible talks about the heart, well, I'd always kind of written that off. Well, it's because really, where it's just a blood pumper is all it is. Well, it's a little more than that. So for whatever that means, you believe in your heart, Romans ten. If you believe yeah, in your I mean, heart, maybe yeah. there is. I mean, I don't know what that means theologically, but I just found it interesting. We get into some deep stuff here, don't we? Well. Mostly because I bring up the deep stuff. But no, that's, that's not true. No, that's not, that's not a fair thing. You bring up a lot of deep stuff. So anyway, um, one other thing that just, you know, is I, I, I read stuff on all ends of the spectrum, and I read stuff that atheists say and agnostics. And I, here's the one thing I'm totally convinced of, and that is people believe what they want to believe. Yeah. Just oh, flat boy. out the way it is. Atheists want to believe there's no God. A lot of them... 
privately or in certain settings will admit there is a lot of evidence in creation for mm-hmm. God, but they just are absolutely dead set on believing that we're all here by chance, there is no God, and they just don't listen to any other kinds of evidence. And sometimes in Christians with, with different theological perspectives, that's where I was going to go. Yes. We have chosen what we want to believe, yeah. and that that's why it, it kind of grates on me when I hear someone say, "Well, you know, you've just got to, you know, you just got to go by Scripture and read it in context." Well, we, you know, I've mentioned this lately, and you know, we see what that's also applies to. We see whatever context we want to see yeah. in a lot yeah. of these passages, and it's. And some contexts are kind of fluid too. I mean, yeah. you know, they're not yeah. all. Yeah. And then you got the big context of okay, God is love, and the cross is the biggest context uh, of the whole thing. And we talked before about uh, you know Paul kind of you know yeah. played pretty loose with pulling out some Old Testament oh, yeah. scriptures and, and some of those things. So it's um, I mean, it's like with legalism. Do, if if you want to see legalism absolutely. in the Bible, you can sure do it. And that's you know that is why I'm gaining more and more of an appreciation. And I know this, you know, it would it makes me nervous to some extent, makes a lot of other people nervous of, you know, letting the spirit illumine our minds to the truth. And and I think we've depended way too much on our on our intellectual minds to figure out truth. And I, I would um, say this too, in addition to that, that we have both gone on journeys mm-hmm. and once you kind of learn something or you become convicted of it, you believe this is the way it is, you want everybody else to get to that point without having a journey. Like yeah. I had my journey to yeah. get there. You don't get that's a journey. Good point. Good I point. want you to just take a leap there because I've now got it figured out for you. And that's tough for a lot of people. And it's, I heard someone say years ago, they were making four points of someone that God uses or something like that. I'm not, I don't really like that terminology, but one of the points is you have to have a, a good heresy early in your life. And what he was saying <laughs> by that is, you know, when you come to the point in life where you no longer believe something that you absolutely wholeheartedly believed early in your life, that's when God can kind of start working through you. Yeah. And I think that is a decent point. And so I think you, you and I would both say that, you know, now, you know, we're sounding like a bunch of old men here, you know, that. That's what we are, know. Jeff. I mean, you know, we have a right to sound that <laughs> These way. These young whippersnappers just don't know what they're talking <laughs> just about. Just get off you know? my yeah, lawn yeah. and get yeah. back to the point. Get off my theological <laughs> grass. And get... <laughs> but there is something, you know, when you when you come to a point when you believe something either all your life or a good part of your life, or maybe you didn't come to believe it till you're in your 20s and then somewhere in your 40s and 50s, you realize, I, I don't think that was right. It does tend to make you a little well, more humble. Look, and there's teachable. so much group think oh, yeah. in Christianity. Oh, yeah. We just oh, this yeah. is what our group thinks. Yeah. We don't really know if it's true. We don't know if it works out in experience. We don't know really if it's scriptural. We just this is the way our group sees it, and we're in this group, so we got to see it that way too. And you really can't get get away with that anymore. You could get away with that when we grew up in the '60s and '70s. The only thing we knew within Christian circles. Right. So I'm not talking within, about atheism. The only thing we knew about, like, so we grew up in what's called the independent Christian church. The only thing we knew about the Baptists is what the people in our church told us the Baptists believe. They were going to hell the because they didn't have the right view no, of Baptism. No, well, no, that's not what. No, some we, people we, believe we, that. No, we, well, no, we didn't for the most part. No, we wouldn't say they, they were going to hell. We were just saying that they just weren't quite on board. And, you know, they believed in once saved, always saved. And our group didn't and, and all this. And I remember what kind of first opened my eyes to some of these others, um, was was me. In, what, in, was mine? No, it was not life. you. <laughs> but um, I mean, the only time. Okay, growing up, back up a little. The sixties and seventies. See if you remember this. What was the only time we ever heard directly from someone that was outside 
the independent Christian church. In the 60s and 70s? Yes, yes. It happened once in a while on TV. Well, if you hear, well, Charles Stanley was big. Well, even early, though, he wasn't there. But Billy, Billy Graham. Graham. Billy yeah. Graham. You know, we would yeah. occasionally watch a Billy Graham crusade on TV. Yeah. And that was the only time we ever heard directly from someone that was outside of our camp. Even so I remember thinking as a kid, I like, you know, he sounded good, but he's misguided on a few things. <laughs> I mean, he really, yeah, he really needs, you know. But then where, where the other thing was in college, they had cassette tapes in the in the yeah. library of those at Bible College, and I heard some cassette tapes by people outside of our group. Yeah, right. And then then I discovered them on radio. You know, a yeah. couple of these had Chuck Swindoll and some of these, and you start listening, you think, hmm. Well, you know, if, if, if for all of his faults, and there are many, you know, Christian television yeah. did blur the lines between denominations. Yeah. Um, a yeah. lot of people in yeah. our would listen to Charles Stanley would have never read or listen to a Baptist otherwise. Yeah. I mean, they say, oh, yep. That sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. Or just whoever it is. Yeah. And so that to believe, be all those, what they, they said was right or anything, everything Charles Stanley said was right. But it just got people to recognize that their denominational boundaries were not as solid as they yeah. thought they were. And of course, now with the internet, social media, it's yeah, totally it's all blown gone. Yeah, it's all wide, yeah. wide open. Right. And even churches are, I mean, names on churches yeah, you know, you ride drive down the road. Yeah, you can't tell. A lot of times, yeah. you can tell one denomination right. from another. And I think that's all there. good. So I, yeah. I would say it's another good thing that the internet has done for us, is that it has. Um, your, just, phone, your phone. Yeah, I'm going to have to turn my phone off here. Okay, is that it has allowed Christians to cross pollinate, learn from other mm-hmm. types of believers, and so anyway, go ahead. Oh, is it my turn? I thought I so. Know. I thought I thought you were getting ready to say something else, and I cut you off earlier. No? Well, no, I was just. Somebody how you know what kind of opened my eyes to other groups and all that, and, and it is yeah. humbling to, um, and for me with some you know some things that I got into in the twenties and within Christian circles that I didn't grow up with, so it wasn't that I was not growing up, and you know certain yeah. organization I got involved with, and I look back now and see totally different than I did, and you know if we have it, you know I, I think we should be growing in our and we grow in grace and in our knowledge of the Lord I Jesus mean, it, Christ. I mean it is so. it is. It would be kind of depressing to think that you could kind of learn and experience everything there is to learn and experience early on in your Christian walk, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. Well, well, yep, I got it all solved now. I got it all figured out. I'm just running on fumes the rest of my life. You know, and I mean, when it boils, I'm more and more convinced that it's based on who is Christ and what has He's done. I, I, I remember preaching that when I preached in Stanton that said, um, you know, the basis of all spiritual progress is seeing who Christ is and what He's done. And so if we're... I mean that is a never-ending yeah discovery. You know, you know the Bible says that's what yeah. the Holy Spirit does: is open our eyes to what he, we have f- freely received. What God has freely given us. Yeah, um, and so there's. I mean, so if we're thinking, I, you know, if we haven't changed our thinking in, in the last five years, then we're saying, okay, I pretty much discovered everything. Get it everything all figured out. I, all figured and, out. And, and and who? You know, I've yeah. discovered Christ. I pretty much got him totally figured out five yeah. years ago, and I'm just yeah. you know yeah. basking in this. One before I forget, we when I mentioned this, Stan, we had a. We may have an interesting experience. So uh, discovered a few days ago that the house we lived in, the parsonage, so when we lived in Stanton, we lived, you were there a few times, mm-hmm. I'm sure, that yeah. house. We were there yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. That house is now an Airbnb. Okay. The, the church still owns it. They rent it out to a local realtor, of all people. The realtor is renting it out as well, an now, Airbnb. Wait, I don't like the way you said that, realtors of all people. <laughs> what does that do. mean, realtors of all people? Uh, you're you're okay. getting off the subject here. But you know that, that realtor is renting it out as an Airbnb. So we're thinking about later this summer, Teresa and I renting out that house as an Airbnb for a weekend, having the kids, grandkids down there. And having That'd be an interesting experience. That would be to, to the house that we lived in for 10 years. First four kids yeah. were born when we lived there. 
to go back there and spend the weekend. It was it was interesting just to see pictures on Airbnb website of inside of that house and all that. Anyway, so I mean, off the subject, so. it'd be a lot more fun if it wasn't in Stanton. You know, if it was well, it's close to Natural Bridge, though. I mean, it's, it's close. there's yeah. Airbnbs are a booming business in that area because it's just because proximity of Natural Bridge. To, you know, Natural Bridge State Park. Yeah, okay, sure. all right. So we've gotten way off here. So, all right. Well, hey, listen. This is you know I'm just going to fly through this and then this may be outside the purview of our. What's purview mean? I've heard that word, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> the bounds, we'll okay, say, okay. of our podcast. But I just put this little list together, and I just think for whoever this, we don't have to discuss it. I'm going to fly through it. But Roger's top 13 snack foods for a happy life. Oh, I, I saw this on Facebook, yeah. And uh, it's, it's a brilliant list. I'm just going to fly through it. If you don't know what this is, you can email me, and I'll tell you what these things are. If there's anything that you're not familiar with. But Briar's No Sugar Added Vanilla Ice Cream, number one. Country ham, honey crisp apples, chips and salsa, salted mixed nuts, vanilla wakers with extreme moderation, bananas, grape zevia, goldfish crackers, sharp cheddar cheese sticks, healthy life keto bread. That's a braid of bread. Salted cashews and Girl Scout thin mint cookies. Top 13 foods for a happy. And here, here's my little point, and then we can move on. Is you have to balance healthy with happy. This is a healthy, slightly healthy, but more of a happy list. So there you go. Talking about a mixed gospel, yeah. So you got thin mints, Girl Scout cookies, but the ice cream is sugar free. So you know, just so that's what you're saying. I this guess. is it's a let me read this, this is Roger's list for a happy life. <laughs> so why the no sugar ice cream? Why just not regular Briars? You can eat ice, ice cream mm-hmm. you want. The, the, all right, I'll explain that because it tastes the same. So why not have something that's no sugar if it tastes just as good as the ice cream with sugar? I might doubt now, that it tastes the it, same. It either. really does. Oh, it does. <laughs> Another like, division among oh, the Fields yeah. Brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, check it out. The Briar's No Sugar Ice Cream is incredibly great ice cream. You can't tell the difference. I think now, you if just there was ventured a, into heresy If, if there was a No Sugar Thin Mint <laughs> cookie, then I, 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 I hear your point. And maybe there is. You were saying right before we, I don't know if you wanted to uh, switch back to the early church fathers and the creeds and all this yeah. stuff. You and I were talking a little yeah. bit about before we yeah. hit the button to start. Can the, I what were we saying there? Yeah. yeah. You know, and this is a legitimate question that I have. Um, in the, throughout church history, you know, we have different councils, Christian councils that came mm-hmm. up with different creeds and things. And I have always kind of minimized that a little bit, yeah. I have to admit. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the way we were raised. Yeah. I mean, one of the slogans in our group was, no creed but Christ. Right. Remember that? Well, that's true, yeah. I, I mean, we I even... about that. Yeah, we made that point. <laughs> that. We made the point of blowing We memorialized that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, keep going. And so... Um, you know, as I go back and read some of these, some of these guys came up with some things that were pretty good, mm-hmm. and they did. They thought through them, and they. I think for the most part, these are people who uh, love the Lord and had a pretty good understanding of the gospel. And so, you know, I've gone back to reread some of that, and it just it just kind of got me thinking a little bit that while on one hand I don't want to blow off a group of Christian leaders at a point in history that we're trying to just clarify and explain to the people around them, to their culture, what the gospel is and mm-hmm. how it works out. Um, on the other side, I don't believe that what they came up is on the level of Scripture either. I believe they were fallible. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's just an interesting kind of dynamic that I'm kind of walking through. You know, I think, um, I mean, like if you and I agreed on our top list of 10 or 15 things, could we call it the Council of Kentucky of 2023? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, but, you know. okay, yeah, when was the la- Are we due for another council, yeah, council. creed? Well, you I know, don't know. The, 
Well, there's no the Lexingtonian right creed or the Kentuckian creed or whatever. Yeah, no. I'm glad you brought this up because I have actually it's kind of interesting. So you and I both kind of been a little bit on this track and we haven't talked about it yeah, at all. No. So separately, I have actually grown in appreciation recently for the Nicene Creed. Yeah, I can't quote it word for word yeah. right now. Um, I do know who the primary author of it was. Do you know who the primary author of the Nicene Creed was? J.P. Nicene. <laughs> no. That was a town, Nicene. No, I don't know who the author was. Athanasius. Are you familiar oh, with that yeah, name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Athanasius, yes. I didn't and know so, that. and I mean, like every time I turn around now, I'm hearing the Nicene Creed. You know, either I see it on Facebook yeah. or the, the congregation we attend. Uh, it was brought up the other day and, you know, put it on the screen. Yeah. And, you know, I used to kind of, Look down on that. Yeah. But I don't anymore. Yeah, right. Me too. Yeah, I've, and, I've changed my viewpoint. And there's a song. There's a couple of songs that are kind of based on that. Mm-hmm. But then this is where you, this is where we might park company because this ties in from our, our last podcast. But um, Baxter Kruger is a huge believer in the Nicene Creed okay. and a huge believer in Athanasius. And, he's, and he is saying that what he's teaching now, and it's not just him. There's others in Trinitarian. He's saying this is what those guys believed that what we now see as evangelical thought came with Augustine and beyond, that the first few hundred years was very different than that. So anyway. Well, that's but, um, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that is, um, so those views, he would say, is not something brand new that we can just write off, oh, that's some new liberal type of thing. No, he's saying this is what the early church believed in all that. But Well, he, that's got me to, I'll be, wanting, I'll be reading up on yeah. that. So, um He's pointing out too. This relates to the to the Nicene Creed about. And I forget the exact terminology. He, one of one of Baxter's books is called um, Patmos. It's fiction, and I've read that. And I want to go back and read it again, but it's it's fascinating. Where this uh, burnout pastor um, gets transported to the Isle of Patmos and is talking to John on the Isle of Patmos in like modern day time, and so John is asking him. It's kind of like John didn't know what happened after he died. <clears throat> and so John's asking him about, you know, he hears about this Nicene Creed. So this burnout pastor is telling John, the Apostle John, about this Nicene Creed. That came All right, out. so and John is there. back on Patmos. Yeah, along with this modern-day burnout theologian okay. pastor. So John comes and, back. Um, but they get talking about the Nicene Creed, and, and John is asking him, okay, now what word did he use there? And he describes the Nicene Creed, and John is just elated that they got it right. Huh. That Athanasius got it right. And one of the things he points out that I had never thought of is that when it talks about that the word became flesh, that I think that's actually the word sarks. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that Jesus did not just become anthropos, did not just become mankind mm-hmm. or hang around with mankind. He actually became sarks, flesh. And then even St. Corinthians says he became, or Romans 8, that you know he became sin. So the idea that Jesus actually took on sinful flesh, even though he himself never sinned. Mm-hmm. And he, and he's, he's also pointed out, I think rightfully so, about the sufferings of Jesus culminated, obviously, at the cross. But his whole life was a life of suffering, of living in sinful flesh, but not... But still walking in the light, still trusting the Father, still seeing the Father, that. not succumbing to it, and all that. Um, that that. But I think that, and so that's what he points out that Athanasius did a great job of making sure because that's reflected in the Nicene Creed mm-hmm. that he became flesh and 
And he goes into what was the Greek word for flesh in the Nicene Creed. Mm. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we get into what's the Greek in the New Testament. You know, he gets into what's the original language in the Nicene Creed. Obviously, the Nicene Creed was not written in English. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I have a, I have a lot more uh, appreciation and respect for uh, for Athanasius. And he wrote some other stuff that I haven't read yet. But uh, I think a lot of it is there, just so. humility to realize that yeah. other people can come up with truth, you know. And, uh, um, I mean, typically I kind of like to say, well, I'm just going to, base everything I believe on scripture. And I think kind of ultimately that's true, but you know, other people can give you insight. In oh, for sure. Scripture. And One I of think, the uh, Baxter Kruger says he, he's waiting to see a church sign that says you shall know that. So out on the, out on the road, the church sign says you shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. We don't know exactly what this means. We're still working it out. Come <laughs> in and join, come in and join us and help us figure this out. So, um, I like that. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean that wouldn't be a bad church sign. Just, just, just the part of it. We're still figuring this out too. <laughs> Show a little bit of humility on your church sign. Yeah, that is true, boy. In church, we just we, we we project so much as if we've just got it all figured out, you know. And and, and I'm going to go through this another topic. I'm just going to throw out now. I'll go into it later. Okay, because it kind of ties in. But you know, there there is so much hysteria in the, in the church sometimes about just different things that we think are going on culturally. Sometimes these things are not actually happening. And there's some things culturally that I don't like going on. But I'm going to come up with a little list of things that the Christians believe is happening that's not happening. So it's going to be a fascinating list. Well, it's so hard to know what's, maybe next what's true and, and what's not true. Well, it's a little so. research will tell you a lot. You know, if you, just, if you just hear the people say this who are kind of on the bandwagon, mm-hmm. then you think, oh, that's... I mean, I'll, I'll give you one example. There's, there, there's a big Christian thing now against the uh, the Girl Scouts because the Girl Scouts apparently they think supported Planned Parenthood. Look, Girl Scouts never supported Planned Parenthood. Now they may be in some respects an organization we may not agree with in a lot of things they do or say, yeah. but they were not ever tied to Planned Parenthood, and that's one of the big things now. Why people Christians bash the Girl Scouts because they're tied in with Planned Parenthood, and they're not. So why are we so prone to that? I mean, why are we so That's prone? That's a great question. Why are we so prone so to, to have to have somebody to, to attack? It's yeah. kind of like we have to have, yeah, we have to have a a, a, a demon out there to fight or a, yeah. yeah. So well, I mean, that says something about us. I mean, yeah. that's, that's there's. Well, yeah, we'll explore that one too. But I'm going to go over the, come up with the top. I don't know, maybe ten or however you know thing. You know, it's you know where it all started. At least in my mind, where I think it started is back in the Procter & Gamble. Remember that thing that they had? Their symbol looked kind of demonic or it looks kind of I cultish. barely remember something And that like was a that. big deal that Procter & Gamble was, had connections yeah, with Christians kind of started the cancel culture. Oh, I, mean, wow. I never thought about that. I mean, yeah. can you see that, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, back in the, yeah. the year 70s, I don't know if in the 60s, you know, yeah. all these average, you know, who were supposed to boycott. We're supposed to boycott this group and that group because they did this or that, or, or if they don't do it, they... They let advertisers on their TV, you know, and, and it gets into some incredible long web, and and so we would try to cancel out people. So the whole cancel culture kind of started with so we gave birth with to us. Come, boy, that's a that's a that's a tough pill to swallow, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I saw one phrase the other day. I don't know if I saw this or this came, but Pharisees Anonymous. I think we can kind of that's kind of a that's kind of what our podcast is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a Pharisees Anonymous meeting yeah. to where we all come together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a recovering Pharisee. Yeah. And um with that. So I thought that was pretty good. My name's Roger. I'm a Pharisee. 
I'm, the, on, uh, I'm on day 692. Oh, I saw another another great, really good analogy. I think you'll like this. I forgot who pointed this out, but um, talking about you know the, the idea of, I think it was the context to kind of going to church, but it can be other things too. Um, so in this context, like going to church, but really not enjoying the presence of God and the grace of God in your life. Said so it compared it to going to Niagara Falls, but only going to the gift shop and never going out to actually look at the falls. Yeah. Isn't that good? That's not bad, yeah. So, you know, yeah. you can – so the, so in a lot of times our Christian circles, our so-called Christian circles, are kind of like a, a gift shop where we talk about – we have pictures of this and we have brochures on this. Yeah, I like that analogy. This, I like but that. But that's very different than actually seeing and experiencing the reality. Yeah. So – a lot of for a lot of folks, uh, that's stuck, a great analogy. Kind of stuck actually. in the gift shop. I don't know. You make this a title. I like that. I like that. Are you stuck in the gift shop of? Yeah, of Christ in, in, in or church like that. Um, meetings on Sunday, which have become, for whatever you believe it's good or bad, have, have become a performance or a production, mm-hmm. and that production is more like the gift shop than the actual experience. Yeah, I, I, like, I like that. that. I can go with that. Very similar to that. I've heard the term travel agents that we end up being, and I forgot who said this. I read this a few years ago, that we end up being like travel agents handing out brochures to places we've never been to. You know, we talk yeah. about the goodness of God. We talk about the love of Christ, and we're kind of like travel agents. Just yeah. kind of, yeah. well, here's, yeah, where you that's can, true too. here's where you can try to get to. Well, anyway, the good news is that the gospel is what Jesus has already paid for us. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's not an invitation. It's a statement. It's an announcement that God is not holding your sins against you. If you're listening Amen. to this podcast and you're struggling with your relationship with God, let me tell you, the relationship, the problems, if there is a problem in your relationship, is not on God's side. Right. He is it's totally forgiving you. It's our own blindness. It's your own blindness. That You know, you can just hang out with God. He loves you the way you are with your mess and all. And I'm going to start saying, Jeff, too, every now and then, that in the podcast, there will be a link. If anybody's interested in the book, right. they can just click on the link. It'll take them right to Amazon, and they can check out Breaking the Hex, Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion. Kind of a really fun book that uh, we wrote a few years ago.